The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. Discover the power within. Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. Welcome to Truth Transforms. Join in for spiritually enlightening discussion and the practical application of new thought principles. Here's your host, Reverend Galen McDowell. Welcome to Truth Transforms. I'm your host, Galen McDowell. I am the Senior Assistant Minister at Christ Universal Temple in Chicago, Illinois, where the Reverend Dr. Derek B. Wells is the Senior Minister and the Reverend Dr. Johnny Coleman is the Founder. Um, We're going to have a good time today. I've been out for a while, I must admit. I had to go to uh, continuing education for for the Universal Foundation for Better Living and Panorama of Truth Conference and board meetings and and vacation. So I'm coming back and I'm refreshed. I'm, I'm, I'm ready to rumble. So we're going to be starting a new series today. I posted it on uh, the True Transforms uh, Facebook page a few, what, last week and over the last couple of days. I'm going to be teaching a small book called The Miracle of Tithing by Mark Victor Hansen. I've discovered that through the years of teaching this show that many times people like to hear the prosperity lessons, the abundance lessons. You know, they tend to get a spike when I'm talking about how to achieve particular goals, etc. So I want to make sure that I'm giving you more of that. Obviously, I want to make sure that I'm drilling down on some of the depth of new thought, but at the same time, without losing the practicality, the pragmatism that allows new thought to have the impact that it does. So if you don't have the book, The Miracle of Tithing by Mark Victor Hansen, I strongly suggest that you get it. I'm going to be teaching it uh, over the next five weeks, including today. And what I'll be doing is also asking for people to call in. If you have tithing testimonies or you have questions about tithing or giving in general, I want to make sure that you have an opportunity to ask those questions. I'm not saying I have the answers, but I have some answers. And I also want to give you an opportunity to read the book, think about it, pray, reflect, meditate on it, and see what God reveals to you. Because I think it's really important that people understand that they have to absorb something as a part of their own belief system for it to be authentic. It's one of the reasons why scripture says God loves a cheerful giver. It doesn't mean that God doesn't love people who don't give. That scripture uses language like God is a person to teach the principle or the universal law. 
So statements like God loves a cheerful giver just means that when we're working in alignment with the attitude of gratitude, when we're uh, coming from a, a, a place in consciousness that understand that it, that it all belongs to God, then as we give, we create opportunities to receive in money and health and peace of mind and joy and harmony, et cetera, because we're developing our faith and trust muscles. So it's important to recognize that this book and this series is going to be really good for your growth. Why? Because it will focus on something that is really important, which is the law of giving and receiving. Now, he'll say in the book over and over again, the law of tithing. But the way I was taught and the way I teach it is that the tithing is the practice. The principle is giving and receiving. I'm going to repeat it what I just said. I'm going to repeat what I just said. Tithing is the practice. The The law is giving and receiving. It's sowing and reaping. It's seed time and harvest. We can say it many times, but I like giving and receiving because I think that's a truer way of understanding what you're actually working with in your life. So we're going to jump into the book and, you know, I don't want to waste time unnecessarily and talking about material and so I love it on page seven of the book and I'm teaching from the second edition of this book I believe let me double check here I believe it's the second edition has a green cover miracle of tithing Mark Victor Hansen Mark Victor Hansen so he actually writes on page seven that this book is dedicated to shifting the awareness of tithers and future tithers everywhere. So it has an intention to help shift awareness. Now, one of the things that we always have to be mindful of is that as your awareness or your consciousness or your thinking and feeling shift, your life shifts because life is consciousness. Therefore, what we hold as our beliefs, what we hold as our values, as we hold, behold as our context, as our mental equivalent, a blueprint, is what plays out in our life, world, and affairs. So it's really important to understand that as you shift in awareness, awareness, you shift your life. All right, so in the introduction, he wrote on page eight, Tithing is the best-kept abundance and prosperity secret in existence. Now, Mark Victor Hansen is a big believer in tithing. And one of the reasons why I picked this book over other books about tithing is because of the level of success he's achieved through tithing. For those who don't know, Mark Victor Hansen is, is the co-creator of the Chicken Soup of the Soul series along with Jack Canfield. And one of the things that he did when he got involved with the project, he and Jack go way back. He had to convince Jack to tithe off of the sales of the book. They made a commitment that whatever, for, you know, for every dollar they made, they would tithe off of the book. And the chicken soup of the soul empire because it's not just books anymore it's tv shows it's books it's hundreds of books it seems as though at this point because they bring other authors and things of that nature they still practice that principle so 
what he decided to do was practice at the highest level of million dollar, multi-million dollar book sales. I'm going to maintain this practice no matter how much money I make. I'm going to go back and and practice the principle consistently. Now, here's the thing. What comes first, the chicken or the egg? I'm a believer that because he knew he had a great product and he also knew that he had to get his uh, co-writer or co-author on board with the process, it allowed universal law to work with the process at a deeper level because they were coming from an attitude of gratitude. They were coming from a space of, of it all belongs to God and I am sowing or seeding into life back into life what I've received abundantly. And that's an attitude shift. That's an awareness shift. That's a consciousness shift. That's a thinking shift that I always have enough to give. Let's just stop about that. Stop stop for a moment and think about your life. And money might not be an issue with you. It might be time. It might be other issues, you know, relational, etc. But just think about the consciousness of I always have enough to give. Consciousness produces form. In other words, what we think about, what we feel, what we believe manifests into experience. So if a person has a consciousness of God as their source, and it all belongs to God, and we're going to talk about that a little bit more later, that shifts the thinking. So instead of giving out of obligation, you give out of gratitude. And and it's a big difference. Again, going back to that scripture, God loves the cheerful giver. Am I giving out of obligation or am I giving out of gratitude? Because the attitude in which you do a thing matters. Tithing will help you develop a consciousness of giving, a consciousness of gratitude, a consciousness that God is your source, and also a consciousness of divine order. Because you made a decision that every form of income gets the tithe, or or from every form of income, God gets the tithe. And we're going to talk about that a little bit more later. All right. Back to page eight. He says, I believe we are each coded in our DNA to give. The more you give, the more fully you live. Tithing or giving is intrinsically a spiritual concept where you are giving to your church, temple, or spiritual home. Let's stop here. Because he he creates the parameters around what he's talking about in this booklet. Tithing or giving is a spiritual concept where you're giving to your church, temple, or spiritual home. Or what I like to say is this, where you receive your spiritual food. Where you receive your spiritual food. And the reason why I say where you receive your spiritual food because church isn't done necessarily the way it used to be done. You know, there are people meeting in coffee shops. 
and they and, and that's a ministry now. There are things on TV. There's things ministries online, like Unity Online Radio, for instance. So the time goes where you where you're spiritually fed, because everybody's not necessarily showing up in a building on a week-to-week basis. Now I'm pro showing up if possible week to week, but I'm also aware that that's not necessarily always the space that people, every, every city does not have places that teach what you learn, for instance, on the unity online radio or what you can learn from truth transforms. I get it. Therefore we have to develop the online communities and things that we need to do to make life work. But tithing is giving to your church temple or spiritual home. He says, however, I want this concept and book to be comfortable to the majority of the people out there, especially you. If you're not connected to a church, if this type of tithing does not fit your experience, I encourage you to still tithe to a charity cause or organization that you can wholeheartedly support. Now, what he's saying is, it might be some people out there that might say, well, I don't want to give right now, and I'd rather give to XYZ. Now, Traditionally, that's not been considered a tithe, and I will say that, again, I believe that tithing is given to your spiritual, uh, where you get spiritually fed, but I will say this, you can't go wrong by practicing systematic giving, because it's, that's because as you practice systematic giving, you're creating a systematic consciousness of God is the source of your supply. One of my teachers used to say to me, if you can put God first with your money, you can put God first with anything. I used to laugh about it, but it's a true statement because people are funny about money. I've heard people talk about family secrets. I've heard people talk about what they do in their bedroom, but if you start talking about, but if you ask them anything about money, they might get upset. Don't ask me about what I make or what I earn or what I owe, what I owe or whatever, et cetera. And we'll talk about everything else in their lives. We have a sensitivity around money that's different. So if you can put God first with your money, you can put God first in with anything. Now, the author goes on to say on page eight, tithing is about making a difference in the world. As a result, Differences occur in your life. So as you seed back to the place where you receive your spiritual food, you are allowing that place to feed other people. It's in a way you're paying it forward. Somebody made a commitment for you to be able to receive the spiritual food that you received. Somebody gave. Somebody tie somebody somebody donated somebody made the commitment to humanity to you before they and, and they might not ever know you or meet you or know that you exist but they made a decision to support the transformation of consciousness through giving through systematic giving all right he goes on to say on page nine Most people plan to tithe after they have met all their other needs, but that's completely backwards to the spiritual and universal law. Instead, you must tithe first, and then all your needs will be met. What this is saying is sometimes people have the belief that, well, let me figure out what I'm going to give, 
after I take care of all of my other stuff. And what ends up happening is we end up not valuing the spiritual food. You know, I tell people in my class, classes, that the giving determines the value. What do I mean by that? A person will go to the movie theaters. I'm a movie buff. I love to go see the blockbuster action movies, the Avengers and Spider-Man and all that type of stuff. Fast and the Furious. And while I'm in the show and it's, you know, it's $15 for a movie in the evening in Chicago, you know, widescreen and 3D and all of the other things. You get some popcorn. That's ten dollars. You get a a, a a a pop or soda, depending on the area. We say pop in Chicago. To drink, you get some Twizzlers or you get a icy or something to go along with it. You can go to the show and and two people eating can spend seventy five dollars or more with just tickets, popcorn some Twizzlers, and a Frosty. But won't give $5 to a church service that's transformed their lives. Or to a class that's transformed their lives. A person will go to a Burger King, McDonald's, or KFC and have no problem paying for eight or nine dollar value meal the burger you know double quarter pounder with you know extra fries whatever they call it upgrade of fries and the big 32 ounce pop because it fills their belly but won't support what fills their mind a person will go to to all forms of entertainment. And I'm not knocking entertainment again. I'm a movie buff. I like music, concerts, all that stuff is great. But if you're willing to pay hundreds of dollars to see your favorite artist and not willing to to give to support something that keep, helps you maintain your, your focus, your spirituality, your balance, help you understand who you are in God and who God is in you that in many ways allows you to function and do what you do on a day-to-day basis and we're okay with it. We will pay large sums of money to go to basketball and football and baseball and soccer games, etc. The just the amount of money around going to a stadium to hit to watch a game, and I, you know, from time to time I go to a Chicago Bulls game, and I've been to Chicago Bears before, and the amount of money that is spent is amazing. But people won't give to that which fills their souls, so much so that we're okay with the basketball player having a two hundred million dollar contract. We're okay with a football player throwing a football and getting paid $25 million. But we're not, many people are not okay with a minister who starts a church with five people 
around their dinner table and grows it to a 4,000 people ministry having any level of prosperity. Why they got a big house? Why they got a nice car? Why they got nice uh, jewelry and et cetera? The, you know, what I realized, and this person is is supporting a ministry, supporting all of the parishioners, paying a staff, maintaining a, a, a building, et cetera. It takes income to do those things. The, the people who, the electric company doesn't care about who you're helping. You, you got to pay the bill. The gas company, the telephone company, the maintenance people, etc. Why am I saying this? I'm saying this is because our shift in thinking has to, 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 if we're okay with keeping the people who help us the most broke, then that tells us something about us as a society. Let me give one more example, then I'm going to get back to teaching the book. As a society, we're okay with elementary and high school teachers struggling to pay for pay. But we say our children are our future. We say that the most valuable, quote-unquote, commodity in any uh, society are the youth. Yet we don't invest in education in a way that allows teachers to have decent sized classrooms for the students depending like in Chicago if you if you live on one side of town you have a nice school with laptops and iPads and etc and then you go to another school uh, you know they don't have gym they don't ever you know they 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 don't have the technology in the classroom the teacher has 38 students in class and we say they're valuable but we don't believe in supporting it or holding people accountable to put the money where it goes. But the moment a city says, hey, let's donate, let, let's give tax dollars to build a new stadium for the football team or the basketball team, you don't hear a peep out of the, out of the citizens of that city or state or county. Because psychologically, we've been trained that if it's valuable, you give it away. And, don't, and then you don't support people who give stuff away. So the teacher's doing it for the love. What difference does it make? It does make a difference. The preacher does it for the love or the spiritual teacher does it for the love. What difference does it make? It does make a difference because that the people who are giving back to life take what we have, and I'm saying we because I'm a part of that process, and we give back to giving more to people. That's how the process is done. More importantly, from a consciousness standpoint, if we really believe that a ministry can make a positive impact or organization can make a positive impact spiritually to, to humanity, and we only give lip service and no action service, then we're not even standing behind what we say we believe. Because what we really believe, we do. What we really believe, we practice. What we really believe, has to happen. Period. I'm I'm a father of a sophomore in college. My daughter's not going to have. My daughter's not going to be without. If she if she needs it, I'm gonna make it happen. 
Why? That's my commitment as a father. That's how it works. And if the commitment to making sure that the transformation of human consciousness uh, through systematic giving is a part of who you are, then it's going to happen. You're going to do it. If building your consciousness as God is the source of your supply is important to you, then you will you will practice the law of giving and receiving and you will become a systematic giver. If developing an awareness that it all belongs to God is important to you, then you'll do the steps necessary to build that awareness. Because we do what we have to do. No more, no less. Because anything else doesn't fit the mental blueprint. That's why he says you must tithe first and then all your needs will be met. He gives some great example in here about tithing on some income he received from a a home that he was using as an income producer. And they tithe uh, on the equity of 60,000, tithe the 6,000 and ended up getting a refinance and some points off. And over the course of the 30-year loan, they ended up saving $60,000, which was tenfold what they tithe. So he goes on to say on page 10, He says, these events could be called circumstances or coincidences, but I choose to believe that a right, that right giving and an attitude of gratitude means a great deal to God. Now, God is a personality. We're talking about principle. He's using human language and ultimately and inevitably your mental, spiritual and physical returns are going to exceed any investment you make. Mm. In other words, he's saying you can't outgive God. That's what he's basically saying. And then he says on page 12, before we take our first break, he says, this book is very capable of changing your life. Why? Because principles like tithing work for anyone who truly understands them. Mm. Truly understands them. So what we want to do as we go into this first chapter, because that was just the introduction, is really drill down on what it is, et cetera, et cetera. I'll also open it up for for calls. If you want to call in, you can call in at 816-251-3555. So if you want to reach out, please call in. We'll love to hear from you. You know, we will be right back after this break with Truth Transforms so we can learn about the power of systematic giving. Practical Spirituality positive messages 
This is Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Unity Online Radio is bringing the message of unity to thousands of spiritual seekers around the world. If you enjoy our programming, we invite you to support it by visiting unityonlineradio.org and clicking on Donate Now. Help us continue to provide inspiring content to everyone. Thank you for your support. Here's a Unity Mindful Moment with Catherine Ponder, taken from a classic talk called The Prosperous Truth, recorded at Unity of Austin in 1991. God is extravagant supply. Get that, extravagant. God is extravagant supply. He brings forth the best robe. He spreads a banquet table, as we saw last night, with good things on which we may feast. He overflows our cup. He opens the windows of heaven and pours out a blessing. And then this is what that Unity Correspondence Course said. Why are you satisfied with such meager living when you may have so much? To find out more about Unity teachings, visit unity.org. Sometimes you might feel so alone with your problems, you don't know where to turn. We invite you to call Silent Unity, the 24-7 prayer ministry, where someone is waiting to pray with you every day at any hour. Listen and relax as you hear their beautiful words affirm the highest and best outcome for you and those you love. No matter what's going on in your life, Silent Unity is always standing by. Call today, 816-969-2000. Unity is proud to announce the first-ever New Thought Walden Awards, honoring 27 leaders who are helping to change the world. Some are well-known, but most are unsung heroes. They care about spirituality, healing, interfaith understanding, caring for the earth, and social activism. Read about them in the September-October edition of Unity Magazine, or go online to waldenawards.com. Congratulations to all. Tune into Everyday Attraction with Ray Zander every Friday at 12 p.m. Central here on Unity Online Radio. Take a deep dive into the teachings of Abraham and discover how to make the law of attraction work for you in your life. Each week, Ray goes into the heart of understanding the power of our emotions and how to become conscious co-creators. Learn how to release resistant thoughts and live life to the fullest. Find out more at everydayattraction.com. Call now with your question or comment. 816-251-3555. That's 816-251-3555. Welcome back to Truth Transforms with your host, Reverend Galen McDowell. Welcome back to Truth Transforms. We're going to be going into the first chapter. Before I do that, let me remind you that this show along with all the other shows on unity online radio are supported by your donation so as you freely receive freely give uh go to the unity online radio website you can go to to, to unity.fm or unity online radio.org or however you find it or google search it 
and just click on the donate button and help support this online ministry so we can help send this message or, or continue to send this message around the world. I want to remind you that this show has a Facebook page, Truth Transforms with Reverend Galen McDowell. My request is that you uh, like the page, that you give it a five-star rating and write a positive review. It helps with the algorithms of whatever they do on Facebook. It helps us get it out in front of people. If you see something on the show, like it, share it, etc. I mean, on the show from the page, like it, share it, etc. Take these shows, these podcasts, etc. Share them online uh, on your so excuse me on your social media. The show is also on iTunes Podcast. It's an app for Apple devices. And you can download them and listen to them on your devices, Apple devices. And my request yet again is that you give the show a five-star rating on iTunes Podcast and write a positive review. And finally, for you Android listeners, the Stitcher app. Stitcher, S-T-I-T-C-H-E-R, is an app that you can listen to the show on. My request is that you give it a five-star rating and write a positive review. Uh, when, you know, this allows the show to get out there. We've done over six years now of shows. So we have a large catalog of material on prosperity, on healing, on metaphysical Bible interpretation, on prayer, on meditation, on goals and success, on visualization, almost every subject you can think of, we've covered in the last six years. Deep mysticism, deep metaphysics, very practical material from the ruder to the tutor, from the alpha to the omega. So the material is out here for us to use. My request is that you share it and let people know about it. It makes a difference. Uh, I need you. We need you to help spread the message. Also, I, I, I do have some people that have over the last several years have been reaching out to me about, you know, you know, will you ever do anything like coaching and things of that nature? Um, working on something. Uh, stay tuned. And, you know, uh, you know, it, it, it will be limited because I don't have. A whole bunch of times. So when I do choose to uh, get it, when I get it all together and go live with it, I do need people who want to do it to be fully committed to doing it because Christ Universal Temple keeps me busy in a good way. <laughs> so yeah, I have classes to teach. I have you know ministries uh, to to over oversee and and a staff and things. And, and guest speaking engagements and all type of stuff. But people have been on me about it, many of you all who are listening. And I want to make sure that I, I do give back and help uh, people who do want that individual touch. So stay tuned. All right, let's get into page 19, which is why chapter one, why we are commanded to tithe. And I don't like the term commanded. That's his term, not mine. I, I like the the term invited because inv invitation means this is an opportunity for you. It's an opportunity for you. You don't have to do anything. This is an opportunity for your growth. This is an opportunity for your transformation. This is an opportunity to unleash the potential that's already within you. So page 19, what exactly is tithing? 
Tithing involves giving 10% of your income, regardless of where that income comes from. So if you earn $100 a week, your weekly tithe will be $10. If you earn $1,000, and your week's tithe will be $100. Earn $10,000 weekly, and your tithe will be $1,000, and so on and so on. Then he, uh, then he mentions a scripture that many people are familiar with, which is Malachi chapter 3, verse 10. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse so that there may be food in my house. And test me now in this, says the Lord of hosts, if I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you a blessing until it overflows. So the promise that was given through the prophet Malachi thousands of years ago was that if you put it to the test, see, that's the key. I love practicality. Put giving to the test. Put systematic giving to the test. Put the law of giving and receiving to the test. Put tithing to the test. In other words, I'm not saying you have to accept this lock, stock, and barrel. Put it to the test and see for yourself. Put it to the test. So he goes on to say, when you tithe, you experience a positive difference in your life. This is not because you are bribing God or manipulating God into a quid pro quo kind of situation. When you tithe, you're demonstrating an understanding of spiritual truths and the universal laws, both of which I will be addressing in this book. He said, then he goes on to say, until people are spiritually and mentally awake to these truths, no education, social reform, or political reform would do any lasting good. So he's saying, until you, until we as a society can understand what makes us tick? What are these spiritual principles that govern the universe? Until we understand these spiritual principles, until we understand, not until we understand who we are in God and who God is in us, will we really be able to make lasting change? That's why we teach in the Universal Foundation for Better Living that the primary cause of suffering is our forgetfulness of our divine nature as spiritual beings with dominion over our thoughts and feelings. The spiritual amnesia is the reason why we see the things that we see being demonstrated in the world. So if we want lasting change, if we want true transformation, if we want to go from the caterpillar to the butterfly, we have to be spiritually and mentally awake to the spiritual principles that govern the universe and then practice them because knowledge isn't enough. We must practice. We must do. We must take some action. All right, page 20. He goes on to say, how would my piddly 10% have anything to do with the big picture? He goes on to say, your tithe is seed money for the world's greater good. He goes on to say on page 21, when we all do a little, a lot gets done. Your 10% matters first to you because God sees all, which means universal law sees all. Not a personality big guy in the sky with a robe and a beard. We're talking about principle. And second, as it multiplies and serves others, both known and unknown to you. 
So as we give to the place where we receive spiritual food, it is blessing others as well. So, so we become a blessing. Not only are we blessed, we become a blessing. Since we've been blessed, we should be a blessing. And by being a blessing, you create a greater awareness of being blessed in your life, which allows you to be a blessing at a greater level, which allows you to be blessed at a greater level, which al allows you to be a blessing at a greater level, and so on and so on and so on. But if you know you're blessed, you will be a blessing. And by being a blessing, you will be blessed even more. What does bless mean? Bless means to invoke good upon a thing. So when you bless something, you're saying you're invoking the goodness of God on something. When I, when I first came to Christ Universal Temple, one of the things that stood out to me was that Reverend Coleman would have us take our tithes and offerings in our hands. She would say, place it in your left hand, cover it over with your right hand. One hand represents the hand of man, the other hand represents the hand of God. And she was, and then she would lead us through blessing the offering. What, what were we doing? We were invoking good upon the gift, on the tithe, on the offering, on the donation. But we were also creating a consciousness of being blessed and being a blessing. So she would say things like, blessing the substance increases the flow. So now I'm not blessing money in my hand. I'm blessing the substance of God. I'm blessing the provision of God. This isn't just, I'm not going to say just, but this isn't only physical money as a means of exchange. This is the substance of God I'm blessing. So as I allow myself to be a conduit through which the substance of God flows, I allow the opportunity for more of that substance to flow in my life. She was shifting our paradigm from I'm giving from a finite resource called an income to an infinite resource called God. Do you see the difference? When you give from a finite resource called your income, you think about money a certain way. It's a means of exchange. You work or you earn or you do different things to exchange dollars for the thing you desire. But when you look at the money and the thing you desire as the substance of God that's unlimited, that's formed and shaped by your thinking, it changes how you give. I'm giving substance, and I'm receiving substance, not money. Money is a form of substance. The goal that you desire is a form of substance. It's not the idea behind the good, the high idea behind the money, the idea behind the supply is the substance of God. Blessing the substance increases the flow. So Mark Victor Hansel goes on in the book and quotes a few other scriptures from one from Leviticus chapter 27, verse 30. 
and all the tithes of the land, whether of the seed or the land or the fruit of the tree, is the Lord's. It is holy unto the Lord's. Unto the Lord, excuse me. So the ancient Hebrew nation were being taught that the tithe of the land or the seed or the fruit of the tree, whatever they gave, was anointed and appointed for the for God's work. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 10, he quotes in the book, honor the Lord with thy substance and with the first fruits of their increase. So shall thy barns be filled with plenty and thy presses shall burst with new wine. Now, most of us aren't dealing with barns and presses and new wine, but we're dealing with cash and savings and investments and projects and businesses. I'm sure you wouldn't mind some increase. And I'm sure you wouldn't be mind them being filled with plenty. And and bursting with new abundance. Systematic giving. Now, am I saying that a person who ties never has problems or or any issues? No, because life is too complex to make absolute statements like that. And any teacher who does is, in my opinion, being irresponsible. But let's just say that it creates a consciousness that keeps you above 50, 60, 70 percent of the mess. Because it's conditioning your consciousness to understand God is the source. That's priceless. That's priceless. And understanding how to give and receive, notice I said give and receive, allows you to always stay in the divine flow. He talks about Jacob and his vision, Jacob's ladder, the vision, and the promise he made. Okay, God, you know, you bless me, you take care of me. I, I, you know, 10% of everything is yours. He goes on to say on page 22, tithing is essential to the development of the soul. In fact, I believe you can look at your giving and your checkbook and it is a great barometer, a barometer, a barometer of your soul's development, evolution and growth. In other words, if you look at and I would say checkbook or check app now, because from I use an app. And you got to write down how you spent your income, your money over the last month. You would be amazed. If you have a checking app or you get the email printout, you know, email to you or your bank statement mailed to you or email to you, take a look at just as an exercise. Get a pen and paper. Don't do it in your head and write down where you spent your money over the last month. If you really want to be courageous, do the last three months. You know, I I, I did this exercise um, just to see, not from a tithing perspective, I was trying to see where, my, where money leakage was happening in my life. So what I did was I went through my app and I 
wrote down every time I went to a cash station, every time I pulled my debit card out and paid this, every bill that was paid. And I went down and I started to notice some consistent leaks. You know, with the, you know, fast food this and, you know, I'm a bookaholic that and and whatever, etc. Some consistencies. And if you add all those miscellaneous things up, versus what you actually give, you would be surprised. I'm not talking about responsibilities. I'm talking about miscellaneous stuff. Oh, I took that $100 out of the ATM. Where did that go? Because I'm right back at the ATM two days later. So one of the things that tithing should help you do is become more systematic and orderly when it comes to God's provision in your life. So he goes on to say, God wants you to tithe and experience abundance, abundance, freedom. This should be abundant freedom. So you can apply your new time freedom to experience relationship freedom, soul freedom, and the ability to persistently employ your full genius freedom. You are here to grow and be free. So again, he's using some human language. The invitation is, as you tithe, so you prosper. You create the opportunity for more good to show up in your life. And then it talks about, he has a part in the book where he says, is it true that most of the Bible heroes are men and women of wealth? When you start talking about the Old Testament, most of the time it was a lot of people who developed what the world would call wealth. He, he records a few, Moses, Abraham, Isaac, Joseph, Jacob, David, Solomon, Rebecca, and it's been more. And he quotes something I think that's really important from Abraham. And again, people say, well, you're just making this about money. No, it's about demonstration because the acid test of, of any teaching is its demonstration. If a, if a teaching is promoting spiritual healing and nobody's getting healed through the practice of the principles, either you have to evaluate the practice or you evaluate the teaching because it's one or the other. And if a, a teaching promotes this is what you can do to produce prosperity, you have to evaluate the practice or you have to evaluate the teaching because something isn't working. Demonstration is the acid test of truth because we're not asking you to believe in stuff that you can't demonstrate. So he says on page 23, Abraham was very rich in cattle, silver, and in gold, thus fulfilling God's earlier promise, and I will bless you and make you great. I will bless you and make you great. That's the promise from God, divine mind, the indwelling Christ, the I am, whatever term you use, I will bless you and make you make you great. Turning the page. Page 24. He said, he wrote, from biblical times to present day, people who do not rec who recognize and utilize the spiritual truth of tithing do not lose. He mentions how Bill Gates and Warren Buffett have already set up to, to give most of their wealth away at their transition because they understand the principle of, the, of giving and receiving. They want to give back to life. Page 25, he says, is tithing like a bargain with God if I 
do this good for God, will it be returned in greater amounts and supply? So first of all, let's get out of the concept of deal making. We're dealing with universal law. You're not making a deal with the law of aerodynamics when you build an airplane. You create it with the structure that flows with the law of aerodynamics, and you have thrust or power that allows it to get in the air, and you have a person who's trained to fly it. That's not making a deal. That's cooperation. Cooperation. All right? So he goes on to say, on page 25, tithing takes a blinder, takes, excuse me, takes off our blinders so we can see God's great and generous abundance. If you can rise above the stories and struggles for just a moment, I'm sure you begin to recognize that you too have abundance in every facet of your life. You say, well, I can't, how can I see abundance in every facet of my life when all I see is these bills, these responsibilities, these health challenges, these et cetera. And I go back to the story of the prophet Elisha when he was on a mountain with his servant and he was, this I believe is in second Kings uh, where he was, they were surrounded at the bottom of or the base of the mountain by an army. And when the soul, when the servant woke up the prophet, he said, you know, we're surrounded. And the prophet said, they're more with us than it is with them. And of course, the servant functioning in fear said, what? We're surrounded by an army. And you're talking about is more with us than them? They have an army with weapons and they're trained soldiers. And it's just you and me. And the prophet said, or pray, Lord, open his eyes so he may see. And at that point, the, it was revealed through a vision that there were horses surrounding them with fire breathing through the nostrils. Horses have always been a symbol of power in cultures. And what that was saying was, we don't see what we're connected to and what's all around us as opportunity, possibility, and power because we're so stuck in our fear. So one of the things that tithing does is helps you remove the fear you have around not having enough. We're surrounded with abundance in every form. I'm surrounded by the life of God in my body. I'm surrounded by the wisdom of God in my mind. The issue is this. It's like a faucet. If I only turn it on a little bit, only a drip will come out. If I turn it on all the way, a lot will come off. If I take the faucet off, the water will just flow all over the bathroom and flood your house indefinitely until somebody turns off the pipeline. Our minds are like faucets. We're regulating God's flow. So tithing turns the knob to allow more to come out. It's, the, it's a process. It's a systematic way of developing a consciousness of God as your source. Before I close, I want to read this quote because we're getting close to the end time from one of the readers, a gentleman named Mark Walker. It says in the book, page 26, 
if we begin from the position that everything belongs to God, the question of tithing becomes one of stewardship rather than legal conformity or inducing God's favor. How I use things he has entrusted to me is important because my actions will show either God's presence or his absence in my life. Now, God can't be absent, but he's talking about an awareness. And then this lady named Lisa Vaden on page 27 wrote, tithing isn't about giving money away. Tithing is about trusting completely in someone outside of yourself, something more powerful than you could ever be or imagine that has your best interest at heart. Tithing is about giving yourself away only to receive a bigger you back. Tithing is about looking beyond your own pain and hurts and helping others. It's about sharing everything of you and having everything in the world return to you. Tithing is trust, love, compassion. In essence, it is life magnified. So get the book, The Miracle of Tithing by Mark Victor Hansen. You can Google it, order it on Amazon.com or whatever you have to do to make it work. And we're going to deal with it over the next now four weeks and make sure that we really get a firm understanding about tithing, law of giving and receiving. I'm hoping that through the course of the series, you will call in, ask questions so we can continue to work. But most importantly, as we go through the series, put it in practice. All right. The acid test of truth is what you do with it. So be mindful. It only works if you work it. God bless you, and I'll be with you next week with Truth Transforms. Thank you for listening. This is Unity Online Radio the voice of an awakening world. Do you ever feel that calling that you should be doing more with your life? If you're unhappy with the status quo, I can help. My name is Elias Patras, and I'm an intuitive motivator, psychic medium, and motivational speaker. I know that feeling, and on my podcast, Your Inner Voice, I can help you answer that call to step into your life's purpose. I will show you how to recognize and listen to the signs and signals that are all around us and help you tap into your intuition. Join me for the show here on the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network and wherever you get your podcasts. Let's connect, educate, and grow on this journey together.